This is a download from MFR. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti with Vinyl Nightclub Inverness. You're invited to their first birthday party on Saturday 9th March. Big in my pants. Big in my pants. Did you just say big in my pants? My pants. No, big in Japan. All oh, right, sorry. But that's how I sing it. That's the way I sing it. Where you sing it? Big in my pants. All right. This is a Joe Dolce style. Big in my pants. Stop taking the mic at Joe Dolce. Why? Because I, I don't like that. Nipple nipple. Why'd you have to do this? I'm sorry. Why'd you know. have to go too far? Think, There's that so. line. There's a line here. Do not cross. Is that, okay? a, is that a line? Put is some it? police it's not tape straight up. Line. Plenty of big hits. Just shut up and let me think. I'm, like, I'm commentating here. It'd be a boring podcast if I just shut up, wouldn't it? The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Welcome to episode 7 of the 80s Rewind Again podcast with myself, Paul Stevenson from the 80s Rewind show, MFR2, Tuesday night, 7 till 9, and alongside me, as ever, the one and only, Mr. Gino Conti! Nice to see you, to see you nice. This is episode 7. Okay, all I'm going to say right now, sci-fi fans, this is episode 7. You should be worrying about not the upcoming Star Wars, the J.J. Abrahams sort of... (sighs) Next Star Wars thing. Disney when was going to happen? They seem to bring back like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. I mean, I know, they're like yeah. in their sixties. What's happening there? What are they going to be doing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's Star Wars to worry about. But right now, because it's February, it's the February edition of the Eighties Rewind Again podcast. We thought we'd give you a love flavored one. Yeah, love, yeah, love, love, love. So, on this edition of the podcast, we've got big interviews with Nick Van Eed from Cutting Crew. I just died in your arms tonight. Brilliant song. Also. From wet, 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 Marty Pello. Big Marty. Hey, I remember years ago getting asked to go to a award ceremony, and it was last minute. Obviously, they needed to fill the tables. And they were like, oh, you need to come, you need to come. Wet, wet, wet are coming. I was like, wow, they're singing live. No, it's just members of wet, wet, wet are coming. All right, okay, is Marty Pello going to be there? No, no, it's just Tommy. And we were like, he's Tommy. I think he's a drummer. Was he? Hi, Tommy. Thanks for coming, Tommy. Love you, Tommy. Yes, uh, also we've got loads of uh, usual features coming up. We have got The Geek. He's, He's going to give us the 80s couples. Oh, yeah, The Geek, man. Dave The Geek, Danoon. We've also got Romantic Lyrics. I did this for my show. Basically, I've taken 80s Romantic Lyrics from songs, mm-hmm. and I've gone around the office, the MFR office, speaking to the lovely ladies, and said, uh, here's the lyrics from an 80s song, here's the lyrics from a newer song. And we've compared ah, and contrasted and decided... Okay. What era was more romantic? Was it the 80s? Was it now? 80s. It has to be, doesn't it? It has to be. But you can listen to see how I got on. I spoke to uh, Lindsay Rose from the charity department. I spoke to News Louise. And I spoke to Jodie from MFR Home Time as well. So we can get to hear that a bit later on. We've also got a few new features and stuff kind of we're going to bring in slowly as well. Because we put it out there, didn't we? We asked for the three C's at the end of the last podcast. We asked for uh, compliments. Compliments. Criticism. Criticism. And... Coconuts. Coconuts. Yeah, I love the milk and coconuts. Yep, we received plenty of those. Thank you very much to uh, Johnny from Jamaica for those. That was much obliged. Thanks, Johnny. Sorry. We got um, a little bit of feedback uh, from most people kind of uh, reiterating what Philip Sue said uh, before episode six. They Mm -hmm. wanted more regular podcasts. They said it's a long time to wait a month, three weeks to a month. So we're going to see what we can do. We said this last time. It is difficult in our schedules and all that kind of stuff. So busy. We are busy. We are busy. We appreciate that people do support us and want to hear more from us. And we, we do our very best to see if we can make maybe a smaller one a 40 minute one rather than an hour or something like that just put it out there maybe every couple of weeks if we can every two to three weeks if possible plus we're bringing you ourselves as much as we can through the the eyes and ears of social network we certainly are this is another uh, comment we got from uh, Mr Mark E on Twitter he said uh, you guys have got basically you've got 
singular Twitters. I'm 80s Paul. You are the Gino Conti. Yes, that's we said, right. what about like a group Twitter? So we thought, yeah, okay. And, he also, and then, then we kind of followed that along and thought, what about a Facebook? So you yeah. don't really have a Facebook presence for the, for the podcast. So we've gone with it. And if you go to facebook.com forward slash 80s rewind again, you'll find all our 80s musings on there. We're on book phase, 80s fans. We certainly are. We're there with the trends, I tells you. We put up their pictures and videos and all that sort of random stuff just to try and keep us entertained, keep you all happy out there. And we kind of soft launched it because we, we released this a couple of weeks ago, so we kind did. of between podcasts, just to see what sort of reaction we get. We've got 50-something likes or something. Yeah, we've had so 50, 59 we could 59 be actually. likes. So yeah, get, get yourselves on there. Facebook.com forward slash 80s rewind again. Like the page. Um followers all that sort of stuff just putting little comments and liking all that kind of malarkey so yeah thank you very much Marky it kind of inspired us so it did and we've uh, I think we've done pretty well we're both uploading different things different it, so yeah. I was watching like for example Manhunter the other day which was the the Red Dragon that we know it as of the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the sort of 2000s the, the Hannibal Lecter thing and just remembering like Brian Cox was the first ever sort of, of course, screen yeah. version yeah. of of, uh, of Hannibal Lecter Dundee Born Boy and uh, it was directed by Michael Mann the guy behind uh, like Crime Story and uh, Mammy Vice and I tell you what Paul it is this do you know what it reminded me of not the, not the Michael Mann that works in Jessup's no no not Michael Mann not no. although one. he did right. make a comment uh, saying oh I like myself uh, but you know it reminded me of the, the, the scenes because you know Mammy Vice could get a bit moody at times yeah 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 and it was the scenes that remind me of the first season is it Crockett loses someone and he goes and you know, that's when we get sort of get Crockett's team or maybe the start of the second season and just the moodiness you know the, mm. the synthesizers come yeah, in yeah, and yeah. when he's just standing thinking and watching the sunset or feeding his, his crocodile or Elvis or just, and I thought <laughs> wow it's just got Michael Mann written all over it but it was good to watch again so 80s yeah I, I watched them was. Um, was it I watched the first time in years local hero oh my Speaking word theme tunes Mark Knopfler amazing Burt Lancaster and all that great film yeah you forget Burt Lancaster obviously as well wasn't it yeah totally um, and you forget that Burt Lancaster, an absolute legend, was in that I know, movie. I know, yeah, it's bizarre. But anyway, yeah, so uh, thank you very much to uh, Marquis for telling us about the Facebook thing, the Twitter thing. So we've gone on there with a Facebook page. As I said, 80s Rewind again. And as a special treat for you, Facebook fans, we've put up a little video right now. Amazing. As we speak, we are filming ourselves on a kind of stop-motion kind of weird thing on the old phone over there. So stop Can rubbing I yourself. I can't do that. I don't know, is it no, good? I don't think a dodgy t-shirt as well, to be fair. I've got that Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Okay, so yeah, we're going to put a little video up there basically of us kind of doing the podcast. This is us speaking. This is us. You'll be able to see us how we do it, kind of stop it's gap. Ball. It'll be moving it's slowly, that sort of thing. Moving fast, I don't know how is it this going to be? How's this going to be like when it's fin- it finished? Is it going to be like a sort of Benny Hill thing? Do I think, think so, yeah. Yeah, it takes, oh, wow. I think it takes a picture every five seconds, five seconds, and then you get like twenty pictures a second. So you watch it kind of go like robotic, kind of giving it all this kind of. Malarkey. So do you want me to just look over and smile every five seconds? One, two, there we go. Hey, there we <laughs> I go. Think I've got, oh look, I just did it. <laughs> wow. Oh, but it's not that again. That's, I could watch. It. Sorry, I'm getting lines. distracted. I'm getting distracted. So yeah, that's uh, that's up there. You'll be able to look at that video as well. See how we do it. See the studio. I've tried to tidy up the studio. It's I've not done the best it's job. It's a bit I've, of a tip, Paul. I know, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm a busy boy. I'm a busy boy. Um, one other little thing we got feedback was from Mr. Darren Short. He gave yes. me an idea. Uh, that I'm going to introduce two in this podcast. Okay. Thank you very much to Darren for this. He says that he enjoys doing the quizzes. Um, when we did the, the one last week about how many songs feature the word woman or lady that's or something right, like that. That's right, that's right. He said yeah, he was yeah. guessing along while he was listening. Superb. So he says, can we, can we bring in quizzes? We can. So what we're going to do is bring in a 
quiz that's going to appear every single episode. What? Now, this is all down on your shoulders, oh, Mister. I'm going to be testing your knowledge of different eighties topics every single episode. Okay. As this is a love kind of themed, I've gone down the neuromantics route. <laughs> so I'm going to be testing you on your knowledge of okay. neuromantics. It'll be right. out of fifteen, and each time we'll have a little league table. We'll stick that up on Facebook as well. Gino's league table out of the fifteen. Quiz. Now, can I? Is a fifty percent pass mark? Or are you going for seventy percent? One more, we get eight or fifteen. Can I pass it? Eight or fifteen. I'm guessing you're going to get three. <laughs> For flunt. The last one was a tough one. But yeah. thank you, Dan Short, for, for my, my, yeah, so, my yeah. upcoming misery. Thank you to everyone that got in touch. As I said, there was uh, Paul Gollard, Tracy Walker, Mix6Red on Twitter, all basically saying uh, more regular podcasts Good. as well. So thank you very much to everyone that got in touch. One more thing. Um, last episode was a Women of the 80s kind of special. We heard back from Jen Holdsworth and from Amy Jameson saying, what about men of the 80s? What about hunks of the 80s? What about Hollywood hunks of the 80s? Hollywood hunks of the 80s. So... I kind of put back it. Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Because obviously mm-hmm. we see things through different eyes and that kind of we thing. We do. So we had this one back from Amy, actually. She said, after you two, obviously. Clearly. Well, that's clearly. Like goes without saying, mm. to be fair, kids. She's got a list here. Jason Patrick, especially in Lost Boys. Jason Patrick in Lost Boys um, was probably one of the best cast. Moody, because he was a teenager. Mm. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah. forget he was the older He's brother, the older brother yeah. of, uh, was it Corey, Corey, Corey Haim? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was. He couldn't be any better cast as he was, because then he goes obviously through the transition of drinking the blood, being the yeah, vampire, right, yeah. and the, the noodles. Is it the noodles that turn into worms and the rice turns into <laughs> maggots and all that? Yeah. And Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, he's got to be there as well. Yeah, he's on the list. Well, this is what Amy said. She's got Lost Boys, Jason Patrick. Who cares? He was a vampire. He was hot. That's in capital. Totally. Just, I wouldn't have minded letting him bite my neck. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Keith Sutherland, I may have a thing for vampires. He was the bad boy, dangerous one, just as foursome, apparently. But to be fair, Keith Sutherland, what else was he, he was in? He was in Stand By Me. He was the leader yeah. of the, the bad gang in, in Stand By Me as well. I remember because they're the ones going looking for the body initially because he did the train thing. Or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he had a thing about him. Bad boy. <laughs> She's also got Patrick Swayze. Yeah, okay. That's, that's well, kind of accepted. But, yeah, Patrick Swayze. Hunk, because he um, started dancing. Um, he's also in Red in, Dawn. In Red Dawn. Yep. Uh, Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Roadhouse, his martial art. I mean, was it Tai Chi? <laughs> is it? Yeah, you think to yourself, when, when I remember first seeing Roadhouse thinking, like, I knew he could dance. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> uh, indeed. And she's obviously got, she's got a blooming list here. I'm going to put it up on, so the camera can kind of sit. I have to hold this for five seconds now. So uh, here we go. Uh, okay. Ready? Two, is it going to take? Is it going to take? Is it going to take? take? It, take hey, it. Whenever you're ready, take your time. Well, yeah, if you move. No, oh, wait. there we go. There we go. Hey, wow. That's amazing. So that was the big is list that, that Amy sent through. One more thing she said. Johnny Depp from Nightmare on Elm Street, 20 on Jump Street. Although more in Nightmare on Elm Street, she says, who wouldn't want him watching over you while you sleep? Me actually, because yeah, you know, you fell asleep thing, and then you got, big you got minced. Actually. Yeah, big Freddy minced them. Yeah, so thank you very much to Amy and to uh, Jen for getting in touch. Saying Hollywood hunks. That's, that's our pass on that. We'll, we'll forget that. We'll move on now, shall we? So that's that's our touch on eighties hunks. So that's fine. Yeah. Any more on that? You know, we, can, we could touch each other. It's weird. It's hunks. Well, we could touch each other. Just like you, you said, no. Like, at the end of the other podcast, <laughs> we weren't allowed to do that. Why do we do it like? Oh, so it's okay when you like it. Is that the way things go? No, you just said the way things go. Why do we do like a Football. Hmm? <laughs> Didn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. We could just have a cuddle at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a cuddle at the end. With Especially for the camera. With t-shirts no, off. Keep them on. Nipple to nipple. 
Why'd you have to do this? I'm sorry, Why'd you know. have to go too far? Think, There's that so. line. There's a line here. Do not cross. Is that, okay? is that a line? Is some police it's not a very straight line. It's a crap it's kind line. Of like yellowy and black with police. Do not touch. Police aware. Blah blah blah. Stay away. That line's Stay so away. bad. It's like a diagonal across your desk. <laughs> I just thought it was a design. Is this Art Deco? It's it's blue. blue. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. It is blue. Sums it up. And one more thing to mention before we get into the nitty gritty. Thank you very much to Vinyl Nightclub in yes. Inverness. They are sponsoring the podcast for the next few uh, podcasts at least. So uh, thank you very much to those guys. It's a place that we've both frequented. At uh, different points in time, it's a place you can walk in and then like Bruce Springsteen dance in the dark. So you're thinking, wow, I know it's not the eighties, but it Tunes. just transforms it. Lose like, yourself. You get on the floor, the oh, oh, it's amazing. Like amazing. I don't know about you, but I feel old. I walk into some of these clubs nowadays, and I walk in and I walk straight back out. And my, my friends are going, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And I'm like. Is it fire alarms going off? And they're going, no, no, that's number one. That's Mr. Third Third Leg. He's number one nowadays. It's a great song. I'm thinking that sounds like a fire alarm to me. We, we, Not we, are, it. we are old, Paul. Are we? Yeah. Oh. I'm trying to be down with the kids. Look, I've got my hoodie on. If I put my hood up, look. You'll never get in a shop. I'm all looking Doesn't like that. Oh, you're not allowed to wear hoodies. No, it doesn't work with my does it? Although you've got, a, you've, got look at, you've got to look at E.T. in the front of a bike about you. Mm. I like that. Put your finger away. Okay, sorry. You said no touching. Well. Okay. So yeah, thank you very much to uh, Vinyl Nightclub in Inverness for sponsoring the podcast as well. Get yourselves along there. It's their first birthday, actually. I think it's the 9th of March, Saturday the, uh, the 9th of wow. March. So yeah, get yourselves along there. Get yourselves along there. 80s extravaganza. Right, moving on to today's podcast then. And uh, the first guest we're going to hear from is an absolute legend, Nick Van Eed from Cutting Crew. Um, massive in the US, these guys were. They had, uh, I think they had more hits in the US than they did over here in the UK. But he's a very nice man to chat to, very open and uh, the, the interview itself, he goes through right from his early career as well. He was spotted on a bar stool and he ended up a couple of weeks later playing in Poland in front of 20,000 people supporting <laughs> Slade. So that's kind How of. How does this thing happen? Going. How do these things it's happen bonkers. to people? Yes, a man from the animal spotted him, threw his card down. But I'll let, you t- I'll let him tell the story because come better from his mouth. This is Nick Van Eed from The Cutting Crew. And that is I've Been In Love Before from Cutting Crew. That was charted in 86, re-released the year after, which nicely links us very nicely indeed. To tonight's guest, I can welcome to the show Nick Van Eed. Hi, Nick. Hello, Paul. Carl. That's when they used to be able to write songs, wasn't it, back in the 80s, eh? Oh, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. Uh, best known for being the lead singer of Cutting Crew, of course. I certainly was, yes. along with other... Um, accusations over the years yeah <laughs> we might delve into that a little bit later on but before that we'll go back to the beginning before you were in the bands and yeah you were a solo artist before all that weren't you way back in time yeah i was uh, used to play acoustic guitar and uh, sit on a stool in you know dodgy pubs around the south of england <laughs> and um well i suppose my big break was playing in a hospital i used to work in a hospital as an operating theater porter oh right okay and um uh, Chaz Chandler, who was then managing Slade and, you know, did manage Jimi Hendrix and uh, all kinds of people, uh, you know, from the animals. He was the animals, basically. He walked in for a pint. I think he was meeting his kid who was having an operation, and I was playing in that pub, and he came over to me and like, sort of threw his business card on my amplifier and said, give me a call on Monday morning. <laughs> and that's my best Geordie accent. It was good, it was good. <laughs> and I did. I didn't even know who he was, well, until I read the card. And I swear to God, within two weeks, I'd signed publishing management and record deals, and I was in Poland playing with Slade with the same acoustic guitar supporting the loudest band in the world. My word. And how old were we at that point? That was 20, yeah. 
Twenty. About twenty, and you were you touring Poland with Slade. <laughs> it was bizarre, and this is pre Lech Walesa and and you know the the big uh, union uprising over there. So it really was the days of we used to have a man on the tour bus with us who who was obviously you know a, a communist mm. person that would just keep an eye on us, and uh, and then he'd come and meet people in hotel lobbies with with dodgy sort of um, newspapers and things. It really was the old days, and for a young guy from you know the middle of Sussex who'd who'd really just played 30 people in pubs it was an amazing chance and i and i took it yeah i loved it loved every minute of it i was just reading there you were saying you, you a guy on a bar stool with an acoustic guitar what, what's this about a kazoo did you have to mention that <laughs> sorry yeah did you you know i mean i i try to keep something secret yeah um yeah well of course you know you got both your hands full with the acoustic guitar and singing and, and i couldn't be bothered to learn the harmonica i didn't want to be too whiny and Bob Dylan-y, so I played the kazoo. But I soon ditched it after the Slade tour. May I tell you, I came back to England. Um, they said, well, you know, do you want to do the British tour with us? And I was going down so well in Poland. You know, I thought, mm. oh, this is what it's all about then. Great, this is pop star. Yeah, you know, roses thrown onto the stage. <laughs> I went back and I walked on stage in Hull on the first night to Slade British audience who were like, as you may remember, all bother boys mm. and uh, skinheads. And I got a bottle right in the head uh, in the first song. And, and I swear to God, I stuck it out. And by the end of that tour, I was getting encores. But I changed my set and dumped the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing you ever did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good, good, good. Moving on then. We're going to talk about the cutting crew. Uh, cutting crew, obviously. A big band, and um, which I was surprised with when I read back. It was um, signed up by Virgin. You became the first real success that Virgin Records had out in America, didn't they? We did. Um, Branson is no fool. I mean, the song had already been a hit in Europe in you know many, many countries, but he was uh, launching his new label over there, and he kind of cherry-picked bands that um, had you know just had success. So there was us, there was Tapao, and there was Johnny Hates Jazz, sort of three in a row. But we were... Yeah, we were his first number one, and we're very proud to do that. And I still see Richard quite a bit, and he um, still remembers that fact, even though I do remember one uh, prize award-winning evening when he had to give an award to us, and he, he called us Crowded House, which I thought was... <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Does he take you up in his balloon any time? No? <laughs> um, I've been to his... his um, you know, everybody's heard of these um, myth- mythical parties where mm. he invites everybody from his airline from his record company from his record you know everybody goes to his estate in oxford get free drink and booze all day and yeah it, it was there were there were the balloons so um no i didn't go up in one but i stood there um having photographs taken next to it but that is quite the party that is quite i can imagine i can imagine well going back to the days again with uh, the cutting crew and they flew you out to new york and uh, you did your recording over there how was that that must have been fantastic it was amazing. This is 80s New York, remember? Mm. So it was pretty scary back then. This is when we were at the, you know, the peak of, of it being quite a nasty city. Obviously, it isn't now. So for young, you know, whippersnappers from Sussex, it was, it was um, uh, quite scary. We we stayed in a loft in Tribeca, which is down near Greenwich Village, and uh, we'd, you know, catch the up train every day up to further up in Manhattan to record the album. Um, amazing, a wonderful experience, and you know, to to come away with it with three big hit records um, was, you know, astonishing for a band. Obviously, of course, with me, everybody says it's overnight success, but by that stage, I was twenty six, twenty seven, I suppose. Yeah, and you ditched the kazoo, so yeah. The kazoo had gone. Yeah, yeah. I'd long <laughs> forgotten about Slade. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's just I'm saying, even though that was our first hit 
me and especially Kevin, my counterpart guitarist from, mm. from Canada, he he um, he was older than me, you know. So we we'd done our we done our time in the business. The big single, we've got to talk about that, basically, haven't we? Yeah, uh, we Died in your arms. I just why, why the brackets? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I don't think I've ever been asked that in twenty five <laughs> years. Uh, why the brackets? Um, I don't know why, but I do know that it turned into a bit of luck with us because Between a Rock and a Hard Place was a hit as well. Um, so maybe you know, maybe I have a bit of luck. Rough it. No, I, I can't give you a good answer. Edit, edit. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, it just is. I'm it just is, yes. Yeah, it's a great song, that's fair to say as well. Uh, where did the inspiration for the song come from? Uh, one of those songs where uh, came from nowhere, came quickly. I uh, woke up one morning with um, my girlfriend and said it and meant it and wrote it within a day, uh, demoed it the next day in a day, and then, you know, the rest is history. I'm very, very proud of it. I must say, you know, when you have a hit as big as that, um, you know, it's sold absolutely millions, and it's, it's just mm-hmm. never, ever stopped playing. Um, that when earlier on in your career, you're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I could have had other hits, and you get kind of precious about it, but... Now, 25 years later, it's still being a, a real chestnut. I'm, I'm extremely proud, and we, you know, still play it live, and uh, it sounds even better these days. Um, it's got something about it, I guess. I think probably the, you know, the song itself and its rawest bones is pretty special. But the way we recorded it, we just captured that kind of tingly thing. You know, I was just thinking, thinking of your listeners up there in in uh, Scotland. You know, it just it always makes people go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There we go, Nick Van Eed from Cutting Crew. I mean, what a life he's had. I mean, going off to America and recording these songs. Had more hits in America fantastic. than he did over here, but still, fantastic guy to, uh, to speak with. Very nice as well. And that song, it is just typically 80s, but still, when you listen to it now, it is brilliant. I tell it you, is you could, brilliant. You could release it now and it would be a hit. You it know, was, if think yeah. about the X Factor winners, if they were to cover a song like that, it mm. would go to number one because they would just do it as a sort of single voice ballad. But that is a tune. Um, recently, I've just re released. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City I think it's the 10th anniversary and that's probably got one of the as computer games go mm. one of the best soundtracks ever because it's set in the 80s it's all based on the characters it's like Mammy Vice yeah, it's like yeah, a mirror yeah. image and um, there's all these different uh, radio channels and I think Emotion 98.3 whatever it is it's a guy it's this Hispanic boy going hello there I'm playing you the great record it's, and people, glacious, is it? oh, it's just some boy and he, obviously <laughs> I mean it's written quite it's, it's adult orientated oh, right, okay. and the stuff that he talks about it's hilarious and then you've got these bits of chat you've got these fake adverts and things these fake movies TV shows it's just so wrong half the things but when you're playing along because there's a lot of driving in these games mm. you're just laughing along to this accompanying radio but the soundtrack it's it's oh, it's like Quentin, Quentin Tarantino soundtracks oh, right, okay. his movies yeah, yeah. You you know, there's like a it's like a yeah. specialist bit of soundtracking. Grand Theft Auto get the guys they do the same with that, and that's Tarantino that is, tends to use songs that you kind of forgotten about or songs totally. that just kind of come from left field. And you think, oh, what a great song to use in that point. And know? that's what the same guys at Grand Theft Auto do. They just seem to pick these songs that you just you know, and it just fits so well from the. It's just you just wish that real radio stations were like that, <laughs> were that good. It's just an iconic song. I mean that whole. Oh, ah. 
it's brilliant. Anyway, I love the video to it as well. I don't know if you remember it. It was kind of shot in black and white, and the kind of you go into. I think it's a warehouse door. I think from memories, you kind yeah. of walk in the warehouse door, and you're confronted by the people that are doing the makeup, and you go straight to the stage, and you see him sing, and then he walks off, and the camera seems to be like a, a continual motion. It kind of moves around. Yeah, yeah, you see yeah. different people, and you see him putting cool. his coat on, and it just kind of moves around. Like that. I love that video. I love that video. Wow, brilliant. But anyway, Nick Vanid from Cutting Crew on the uh, seventh episode of the '80s Rewind Again podcast. Still can't believe we're up to episode seven. I can't believe it too. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy time. Crazy time. Anyway, speaking of crazy, let's move on to David the Geek. We set him the task of uh, looking out for some uh, celebrity couples of the 80s. And uh, in his usual style, he has gone through a few to pick out some uh, memorable ones for us. So here we are. Here's David the Geek with his couples of the 80s. Let's hear from David the Geek. Love is in the air. February is the month of love, so Gina and Paul asked me to look into the best couples of the 80s for February's podcast. In 1987, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey teamed up for one of the most famous films of the 80s, Dirty Dancing. This coming-of-age romantic drama follows Frances Baby Houseman on her pre-college summer vacation. Her family takes her to a holiday resort, where she falls for dance instructor Johnny Castle, played by Swayze. Johnny dismisses Baby as a dumb kid, but when she fills in as his dance partner, he soon finds out that she's more than meets his hungry eyes. The inevitable happens, and they fall in love. After all, dirty dancing is a form of foreplay. But remember... Nobody puts Baby in a corner. Another major romantic film of the 80s is When Harry Met Sally, starring Billy Crystal and 80s box office babe Meg Ryan. This romantic comedy is massively famous due to that scene. I'll have what she's having. The story follows Harry Burns and Sally Albright, who strike up an unlikely friendship while sharing a long car journey. They continue as friends over many years, and the film explores whether men and women can ever be just friends without sex getting in the way. Eventually, after many will-they-won't-they moments, the two finally come together on New Year's Eve, realising that they've loved each other all along. I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. Aw, how cute. Scott Robinson mistook Charlene Mitchell as an intruder in 1986. The two star-crossed lovers didn't see eye to eye at the start, but like most men in the 80s, Jason Donovan's character fell for the pint-sized Kylie Minogue and they married just a year later. Uniting the feuding Ramses and Robinsons in a Romeo and Juliet style tale, minus all the swords and killing and stuff. The wedding episode of Neighbours was watched by over 20 million viewers in the UK alone. The song Suddenly by Angry Anderson was actually chosen by Kylie as a song that she would like to play at her own wedding. Kylie and Jason were also an item off screen, but sadly that didn't last too long. But they did release a successful duet, especially for you in 1988. Kylie and Jason reunited for the first time and sang the song at the Hit Factory Live Christmas Cracker Show last December. You can't talk about famous 80s couple without mentioning Top Gun. It's so romantic. And no, I'm not talking about Kelly McGillis. It's the age-old story. Boy meets boy, boy hates boy. Boys playing topless beach volleyball for a pointless scene that doesn't enhance the plot one bit. Boy loses best friend in a freak aeroplane accident. Meg Ryan cries, not in a diner screaming. Boy stands on box because he's too short. Boys hug at end. I mean, I'm shocked Shakespeare didn't think of it first. Top Gun has to be the original bromance. But man, it's still an awesome movie. You can be my wingman anytime. You can be mine. 
So that's my list of 80s couples, but I have to give a nod to a few of the more bizarre 80s couples like Heather Graham and James Woods, Drew Barrymore and Corey Feldman, Brooke Shields and Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson and Bubbles, and possibly the weirdest of all, Tom Cruise and Cher. But if you think I've missed anyone out, leave us a comment on Facebook. Search for 80s Rewind again or contact Gino and Paul on that Twitter thing. Absolutely spot on. Thank you very much, David the Geek. As he says, if you've got any uh, couples you think that he's missed off that list, then just stick it on on Facebook. Uh, as I said, facebook.com forward slash 80s rewind again. You can find all our ramblings on there. He's picked a few beauties. I mean, Patrick Sweezy, Jennifer Grey, they were they were amazing as a couple. Great chemistry. Jason and Kylie. I mean, everyone <laughs> in the 80s wanted to have a mullet and a girlfriend like Kylie Minogue. And then oh, uh, right, you got right. Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan. That was probably more for the mature yes, audience. Yes. Uh, slightly more mature sort yeah. of movie, the way that movie was. It's a great movie. It's Cat and Mouse and, you know, the start off is really young as students Do you know what I find difficult, stuff. though, listening, especially listening to that package we just heard there, um, when you hear Billy Crystal's voice, I just think of Monsters Inc. It's very difficult not to now. He's the one with the the eye. (laughs) Without seeing the pictures and the the actual scenes in footage now, because I've got kids and you have to watch all these kind of films, whenever I hear that voice, it is. It's just... Is it Mike? Is it Mike? I think it could be my Mike. Big Mikey, yeah, yeah. It's just an yeah, eye, yeah. yeah. It's just hard not picturing it's him. It's John Goodman's other one, the big, big one, Sully. I think. Sully, yeah, that's it's... the one. But And he finished it off there, uh, David Geek, with uh, the, the the men of Top Gun. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in the 80s, it didn't really notice how, in a sense, I don't know oh, how... How erotic yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and everyone makes reference to it and stuff. But I wonder, uh, how many um, call signs in Top Gun can you name? You want to quiz me? I'm quizzing you, Sunshine. How many can you get? All oh, right. Well, it's Maverick and Goose. Yep. Ice. Yep. He was Ice's partner. Slider. Yes. Viper. Vi- yes. Was he not the boss? Was he the Viper? Was um was Tom Skerritt Viper? That no, was it. Was that Viper? Was that Tom Skerritt? No, no. Was he Jester? No, Jester. No, it wasn't Jester. Jester was that that Iron Michael that... Islands Ironside, the guy that's in. Who's all, the, like, yeah, who's the guy v. that took over Goose's place for that one time? Who was that? Was it? It was the. Who is that one? It was the black pilot Hollywood. Is it Hollywood? Oh, he's one of them. And he's yeah. saying, "Come on, ever get back in." He's like, <laughs> "I'll engage with him." Goddamn good, and ready to. Oh, it's just you're like, "Oh, you're so emotional." I hey. love it. I love it. Absolutely oh. great film. That is a great so, film. Who else was there? Uh, Hollywood. Because um, I'm trying to think in the scene where, and nobody does this in a locker room, um, where you stand about in your white pants. Stand there with your leg on. Yeah. And talk. Yeah, yeah. And talk. Yeah. Val. How Kilmer. you doing, Gino? You looking good. Yeah. And sniffing between and going like. That. Maverick, you've got to just get back in. Like that. And then, yeah, and who actually does this as well? Who stands, right, just out the shower? Do this in a gym, you'll get chucked out. And he stands with his hands at the, at the sink, looking, in, looking at himself in the mirror, and he's still a bit wet. Nah, sorry. I'm you, so sorry. You know that far too well. I'm so wrong. So I'm dodgy about that. I watch it at least once a week. <clears throat> there we go. Anyway, moving on. Something I did on my show, I spoke about it at the start of the podcast. Um, I wanted to compare romantic lyrics from 80s songs to romantic lyrics from kind of today's songs. And what I did, I yep. thought, rather than just two men sitting here discussing it, a bit strange, what I thought I'd do is go around the office and find out what the ladies of MFR thought about these lyrics. So I went through to the uh, charity department to MFR's Cash for Kids. The coordinator, Lindsay Rose, so I gave her one lyric from the 80s, one lyric from today. Okay. Went through to the news team, spoke to uh, lovely Louise and gave her one lyric from the 80s, one from today. I went through to on air just during a couple of songs and spoke to uh, Jody from MFR's Home Time, gave her one lyric from the 80s and one <laughs> lyric from her current song. And you can find out how we got on in terms of what's more romantic, 80s or today. 80s! Okay, so my theory is that all 80s romantic songs are a lot more romantic than the sort of stuff we get nowadays. So I'm going to take a little wander around the building and see what the females of the office have to think here in MFR. Now I'm going to start in the charity department, the Cash for Kids department, and speak to charity coordinator Lindsay Rose. 
Now, Lindsay, my theory is that all 80s songs are more romantic than what we get today. I don't know what your feelings are, but all I'm going to do is read you out a couple of lyrics just to compare, and you tell me what you think, okay? So, from 1982, a bit of Lionel Richie for you. Now, I need to tell you this. There's no other love like your love. And I, as long as I live, I'll give you all the joy my heart and soul can give. You're not crying. I am. I'm getting all emotional. You can't See? beat a bit of Lionel. See? Right, well, let's compare that to 1998. This is Usher, okay? I'll freak you right, I will. I'll freak you like no one has ever, ever made you feel. I'll freak you right, I will. I'll freak you right, I will. I'll freak you, freak you like no one has ever, ever made you feel. Yeah. Thoughts? No, it's not doing it for me. Got to be Lionel every time. So that's 1-0 to the 80s. Now I'm going to take a wander through to where all the intelligent females reside here at MFR. That is the newsroom. So here I am in the hub hub of the MFR news team, where the lovely ladies hang out, and Dom, of course. Here I am with uh, MFR News' Louise. Now I'm going to read you some lyrics from a 1985 song, and then follow up with a more current song, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. From 1985. My life has been such a whirlwind since I saw you, and I've been running round in circles in my mind, and it always seems that I'm following you, girl, because you take me to places that alone I'd never find. Is that good? Very nice. Very nice. Even Dom's crying. <laughs> Moving on to something more recent. You ready? Mm -hmm. Ready? Bottles in the club, shorty wanna hump, <laughs> and oh, I like to touch your lovely lady humps. She wanna lick the rapper. <laughs> what are you thinking? Mm, it's a tough one, tough one. I'm gonna go with the first one. So News Louise agrees, it's 2-0 to the 80s. Let's go and see MFR hometown presenter, Jody. Now imagine you sat there at a romantic meal over candlelight and all that sort of stuff and your loved one reaches over and whispers these words to you okay. from 1985. <laughs> you should know, everywhere I go, you're always on my mind, in my heart, in my soul. So moving on, this is a number one from 2006, just comparing the romanticism from the two songs, okay? Okay. And possibly bend you over, look back and explain, <laughs> watch me. Smack that all on the floor. Smack that, give me some more. Smack that till you get sore. Smack that, oh, ooh. I've heard worse. <laughs> I bet you have. So in terms of romantic lyrics, if your loved one reached over the desk, which would you prefer to hear? Um, probably the first for more, you know, genuine romance and, and the beauty of it all and the words are a bit more meaningful than being wanted to be smacked and that, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I'm Thank you. So there we go, a convincing 3-0 win for the 80s. The 80s is more romantic than current song lyrics. I knew it all along. So there you go, 3-0 to the 80s, as we expected. Easy. I mean, Easy how can money. you beat Ario Speedwagon and uh, Lionel oh, Richie? Ario Speedwagon, they yeah. just had a way. And Lionel, yeah, I mean, Lionel... Ugh. You know, Hello for me is one of the best songs ever. Oh. Hello. What was it we used to say when we were at school? It was, um, I sometimes see your pants outside my door. What is it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> Just that line, was it? I think that's what it was. That sounds like fun times Just at school. Giggle, but, uh, tell you, I remember sitting in, in the living room, watching Top of the Pops, had my milk and whatever I was having for supper, and used to sit, mum used to sit on the couch, and me and my sister used to sit on the floor, and that, you know, the start of Hello, and you're yeah. like, 
because it was the video was amazing, like you know, and the, the blind girl going, go that far. I, I can see you, I can smell <laughs> you, Iconic. and she touches his face and then makes this, and well, that's the makes thing. the model looks nothing like him. I thought, but at the time well, it did, at the mm, time it did, but yeah. it looks nothing like him. But you know, they never ever kept that model. He says it's one of the biggest re- regrets. Uh, I don't know who it was that was that was sculpting it at the time. It obviously wasn't the real girl, but he says that one of the biggest regrets was, and it's one of the most common questions he gets, Lionel Richie, when he's in about. He says that he never actually kept that model. I think someone made a fortune ma- of oh, that. totally. I think someone. Somebody made another one for him, but when he does that, I went to see him a few years ago, one of the old engineers he used to work with, and he kept saying to me, he goes, I'll apologise now for the cheesiness of, there'll be a white screen at one point, and a silhouetted line I'll give it, <laughs> and it happened, and I was like, oh my, I think I spewed in my mouth. Nice. But just because you it was know, like a, a fact from that video, I mean, do you remember pop up video? Remember that program on the TV? Pop up video. In the mid 90s, was it? Something like that. So that when the bubbles came yeah, up. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you watched like a, a video and then like the bubbles would pop up telling you facts about it. Um, that was on once. And I remember that, that dodgy like, um, jumper that he was wearing. That was early Calvin Klein. Wow. There you go. Early enough before Calvin knew what he was doing. Indeed, yeah. Thought, early enough, it was early enough right before somebody said, Hey, Calvin, your future's in underwear. Before Kermit the Frog got involved. Yeah. What did he do? <laughs> the underwear on, do you remember? No. He modelled the old thing. Kermit the Frog did that, didn't he? I don't want to look at a frog in, in pants. You just prefer looking at David Beckham in pants? Sometimes without the pants. That line again, that line. I'm sorry, Gino, it's, it's learn. Diagonal, it's diagonal, and it's more my side than yours. Oh, we... Are. Anyway, let's move on, let's move on. Quiz me, quiz me, quiz me. Quiz you, before I quiz you, before I quiz you, I know you're getting excited about this quiz, we need to hear from an absolute legend. Now, wet, 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 towards the end of the 80s, start of the 90s, they were probably one of the biggest bands in Britain. Well, they they established themselves in the 80s, and then, I mean, it was the 90s, they got that big, massive hit, you know? Yeah, yeah, but they had number ones in the 80s still, though. We don't forget them. Was it the the charity single that they released? Uh, Get by with a little help from my friends. That was their first number one. Um, so yeah, Marty Pello, he's, uh, he's had his problems, but uh, he's back now. He does a lot of uh, musical stuff. He did, uh, did um, he not do um, Chicago? Yes, he did, yes, he did Chicago. And he's uh, he's back with a new album, and it's all kind of songs from uh, musicals, basically, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of sphere he's in at the moment. He's got a big tour coming up, uh, only a couple of dates in Scotland, but one of them is actually here in Inverness. So on the 2nd of April, if you're a big fan of Marty Pello... He's coming up the road. And uh, you might meet another celebrity, because I think uh, our very own Mr Titch McCoo is going to be in the crowd watching. <laughs> yes, he Better was... Uh, him. I heard him trying to uh, score some tickets. Oh, when does he game. not? You'll go no, open an, uh, an envelope, that man. <laughs> as long as it's free. Uh, so yeah, he's got a new album out called Hope. Um, so I chatted to him about the, the new album, what he's up to nowadays. And obviously he's going to be coming to Inverness, so I chatted to him a little bit about that as well. with a mystery guest for you. I can tell you he's had three number one albums, 14 top ten hits, including three number ones, one of which topped the charts for an incredible 15 weeks. He's performed in musicals from the West End to Broadway and they'll be playing here in the heart of the Highlands at the start of April. I'm very happy to welcome to the show one of Scotland's most successful singers, Mr Marty Pello. <laughs> all right, how you doing? I'm not too bad at all, thank you very much. Now, it's fair to say you've had an incredible career. It's taken a few twists and turns along the way, but of course you started with a massive group, Wet Wet Wet, then on to a successful solo career, mm-hmm. and now you're on stage carving out a sought-after career in musicals. Now, if we'd have said to a maybe 20, 25-year-old Marty Perlow that you're going to have a huge successful career on stage, musicals in West End and Broadway, what would a 20, 25-year-old Marty Perlow have said? Well, that's a hard question, you know, because... Uh, um... I guess I always uh, at the back of my head, would I would I like to have been you know would I like to have uh, done musical theatre back then because 
Pete Townsend many years ago came to me with the idea of me playing the part of Tommy. Mm. So it was kind of always in the background as something that I, I might eventually go into, but I must admit, at uh, uh, 20 or 25, no, no pr- probably not, no, because it was all about wet, wet, wet. Indeed, you, it was well known that you're a massive soul fan, but were you a fan of musicals and stuff like that when you were younger? All the growing up, just watching the big MGM classics, you know, with my ma on the couch, you know, just sitting and watching them. She liked them, them kind of movies, so that would be my first introduction to it. And I guess, like, things like Jesus Christ Superstar mm. and... You know, being familiar with that when I was growing up, uh, Vita and stuff like that. But I, uh, not not the whole thing like Candor and Ebb scores or Chicago. I wasn't aware of anything like that, you know, uh, their work until late, in later years, you know. And it was Chicago that kind of led you into it, wasn't it? I mean, how did that all start? How did that all come about? Well, funny enough, I was in Albert Hall doing a gig for Pete Townsend for the Teenage <laughs> Cancer Trust and uh, there was a couple of uh, producers in the audience from uh, the musical Chicago, they'd come in from uh, New York because that night I was singing with uh, Ruthie Henshaw, who in fact played Roxy in Chicago in the, the uh, in the West End when it opened. And I guess, I guess they just saw me singing with Ruthie and put two and two together and said, oh, you know, we might have a Billy Flynn in that, gentlemen. And what is it about musicals that's captured you so much then? Because you're obviously taken to it like a duck to water. Well, I just like the discipline of it all, you know, and, and the live environment and... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just great to be part of an ensemble where, you know, it's not all resting on one shoulder, you know, it's distributed and it's and when it's great, and when it's a great score like a Candor and Ebb score, you know, it's a privilege, it puts a spring in your, t- in your step to go to work. Nothing to do with the scantily clad ladies <laughs> that surround you or anything like that. But, that, that must be I mean, it, 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 you know, I mean, yeah, that, that is the downsides, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, now, you've obviously done War of the Worlds, you've just come off a big tour with that, with like Liam Neeson and all that kind of stuff. You've got your new album out, you're on a tour with that. Have you got any other shows coming up that you've got in mind? Yeah, well, I'm always looking. You know, I'm always looking. You know, I, I, I did Jekyll and Hyde for uh, Frank uh, Welton and Leslie Brickus, and I'm a big fan of Frank's work. So, you know, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm due to go to New York and have a few talks with him to see what he's got to offer me. So, aye, just just to keep busy, you know, and keep doing uh, what I do. You know, I want to I want to do some more work with Wet Wet Wet, and I I would like to do. Yeah, I'd like to just keep making records and enjoy what I do. You know, it's it's my vocation in life and. You know, I've, I, I, you know, I still have a great passion for it, Paul. That's good. And your, your new album, you mentioned records, making records. Your new album's out at the moment. It's called Hope. Is there any significance behind the name of that then? Well, it was inspired by a friend of mine's mother who I met, and uh, I, I just thought it was a wonderful name. And you know, and I'm, I've always, it's just a powerful word. Mm. And you know, it just seemed to be a nice way for us to put a title for the record. And you know, it was inspired by her. She was in her nineties when. Uh, the last time I saw her and the first time I met her, I just knew I was meeting somebody special. So it just, you know, it was just a kind of tip my hat to hope. She's a beautiful lady. Good stuff. And I've showed this, the CD to a couple of people in the office and they all point to the last track on there, Wild Mountain Time. Is there any specific reasons behind the song selections on there? Well, Wild Mountain Time's coming from a musical that I've been working on writing that's based on... Um, uh, Parcel of Rogues, which is uh, the Rabbi Burns mm. poem, and uh, that's just giving you a wee uh, flavour of some of the songs that might be in the the piece. But that's uh, a work in progress, you know. And it's just, I just love the song. It's just a beautiful song, and uh, you know, I like to go inside and dream. 
And that's the album out, which is out on the 18th of March, that one. Now, we're also very lucky here in the Highlands in that as part of a 12-day tour I think you've got at the moment. You'll be stopping mm-hmm. off in our neck of the woods. April 2nd, Eden Court in Inverness. Um, uh, have you been this far north before? No, I was just saying earlier on there, you know, I'd never been up that, uh, you know, passed through a few times mm. now, but I've never, I've never stopped and gigged, you know. And so I'm looking forward to getting up there at Eden Court, and you know, I, I, and I hope that everybody comes out and comes by and says hello, and you know, and enjoys me sitting by a piano and you know talking stuff and just singing some great songs. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'm, I'll give you a great night. Brilliant. What can what can fans expect then? Is it kind of uh, stuff from the back catalogue, stuff from the new record, that kind of stuff? Hey, whatever takes my fancy. I think that it's got to be free in that environment as a kind of up close and personal, and I think that's dictated in that environment by what kind of day you're having. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, it will kind of unfold that way. You know, I'm, I, w- I would like to explore songs from the, from this new record. I'd like to talk about other work that I've done in musical theatre as well as my back catalogue. Might end in a couple of number ones. Why? Because I can. That's great. <laughs> it's all good. Don't blame you. And you mentioned just a few moments ago as well about working with Wet 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 again. Is that something that's in the, the pipeline? Is that something that's going to happen again soon? Hi, that's always going on. You never see never with that big engine. You know, it's... Um, that's uh, my first love, and, and you know, it's nice to go back and hang out with the guys, you know. And is it great looking back on the career that you had? Because obviously, back end of 80s, kind of throughout the 90s, you were, you were hit machines, basically, putting it in a simple term. Well, I, you know, we had phenomenal success with that band, you know, and it sold billions of records, <laughs> and, and it was it was lovely, you know, And uh, but most importantly, you know, there was a friendship there that spans decades before we even had success within Wet Wet Wet, so that our, our music was a byproduct of our friendship, and I'm still happy to say we still have that friendship, you know, so that'll always be special, and if we make music and tour again, it would be brilliant as well. Certainly will be. We'll be keeping our ears out for that one. Thank you very much, Marty Powell, for joining us. As I said, you'll be in... in, in as I said, you'll oh, be in Inverness. <laughs> 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 hey, why don't I say it? Hey, I'll be in Eden Court playing on April the... Go, go. Oh, hey, April the... Second. Well done. Yes, give that man a round of applause. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yes, April the second, you'll be at Edencourt Theatre in Inverness. And for those just on the streams of our patches, you're also at Perth Concert Hall the night before, and then on the Wednesday the third year at the Music Hall in Aberdeen as well. Marty, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Hi, bother. Bring it on. So there we go, Mr. Marty Pello, nice guy, nice guy. Brilliant you know, guy. He's one of the best dressed men I've ever oh, seen in music. Whenever you see him on the TV, he's always or anywhere, immaculate. Even in the nineties, I know this is moving away from the eighties, when he had that stupid ponytail, he still looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, he had the big mane, didn't and he? And he's always? got it's a smile. It's a smile and the vo- and he knows how to push his voice, yeah. he knows. And he always song. has a sh- like a suit jacket on. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's not he's like all, a no, they were always very smart. Not right, like right, a hoodie right. like us or anything, or a t-shirt with some Italian bum on it or whatever it is. But uh, it's not very often that you can actually compliment somebody that's Scottish with good dress sense. <laughs> but um, do you not find uh, what my favourite wait 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 song is? It was a hit. I don't think it was a massive hit, but I love that Julia thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that. one of the ninety songs. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, what's my favourite Sweet Little Mystery. That was that was everywhere. That was like if you think about when things go viral now, that was bloody viral then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, big fans of um, everything Memphis. I think we went over to Memphis to record the album. Was it uh, popped in sold out Memphis? Yeah, yeah, popped in sold out. Big album for them. Big albums, didn't they? But yeah, they they loved Memphis. He went over there to record. As well, I think what it was as well. Like nowadays, every celebrity's got white white teeth. 
um, the way that Gregory reversed to Gregory. <laughs> She's got lovely teeth, white, white teeth. Uh, Marty Pello had the teeth of the 80s. Yeah, he did, he did. And they were another big band that came out of Scotland in the 80s as well. So fair play to him. Right, chomping at the bit, I can tell. You want to do this quiz? Right, so I've got out of 15, quiz. is it? So out of 15, oh, so there's a possible 15. Right. I've got the paper in front of me so we can do no cheating. Don't be looking over, okay? Because I've got the answers on here as well. Okay. So yeah, basically every episode I'm going to do this. I'm going to yep. pick a different topic. Yep. And so it'll be like, um, I don't know, maybe next week's will be horror films of the 80s. Okay. I don't know, something different every time. Yep. And cool. we'll see what your knowledge is best at. So because it's a kind of romantic theme, mm-hmm. it's February, all that sort of love's in the air, all that kind of stuff. We're doing no new romantics. The new romantics of the 80s, Gino Conti. Are you ready for this? Uh, go for it. Hit I me. think we need some music. Hold on. Ah, oh, that's better. Sexy. That's better. That's nice. That's better. I like that. Okay. Question one. Can you ready? Candle. For Can I light a candle? You can light a candle if you want. Okay. Are you gonna go for it? No, I won't actually. Fire hazard. <laughs> it's a fire hazard. You mentioned it. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Question one. <clears throat> Question one. Yes. Down here. Okay. Here we go. In a 2006 poll to find out the nation's favourite synthesizer riff. Before before I carry on, actually. Please feel free to carry to play along at home here if you're listening, driving to work, or if you're at home enjoying a few glasses of the, the lovely red or the white stuff. Then yep. just just enjoy yourself, keep your score, let us know how you get on. Yeah. See if you can beat Gino. Okay. In 2006, a poll to find out the nation's favourite synthesizer riff of all time, the song Wishing I Had a Photograph of You came out at number two. Which new romantic band was this a hit for in 1982? Mr. Conti. Flock of Seagulls. Bing, 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 bing. Well done. I've started well. I'm going to end badly. <laughs> that was from the second album, Listen, that one. Question number two. ABC, debut album. Went to number one here in the UK. Made the band a household name. What was the name of that album? <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> Come on, it was huge, man. Everywhere. I can't get Look of Love at my head. That's me tapping the desk. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Is that your final answer? Uh, so I'm saying I cannot get... As soon as you said ABC, I was like, ah, it's a look, the look of love. Look of love was wait, on wait, this wait, album. No, just wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 oh. Shoot that poison arrow. So I do a that poison. was on this album as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what I'm saying. <laughs> I just knew the singles were too familiar for me to remember what the album's called. I'm going to have to... Death. Passing on this one. Damn. It was a big number one album from 1982. Contained the hit singles Poison Arrow, All of My Heart, All and of The my Look heart. of Love. The All album is called... The Lexicon of Love. The, lex- the Lexicon of Love. Lexicon. I'm guessing there's a few people at home who've got two out of two. Was a Lexicon, was that when the Transformers? <laughs> I don't know. Lexicon, that was Optimus Prime, wasn't it? Anyway, Stephen Duffy had solo hits with Kiss Me and the Icing on the Cake, but which group did he leave just before they hit the big time? Dum-dum. Dum-dum. Don't love me for fun, girl. <laughs> Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. I've got the wrong Stephen Duffy. Oh, I've got the wrong Stephen Duffy. Yeah. Come on. But that's what I'm saying. That was. It's a tr- that's a trick question. <laughs> it's not you a planted, trick question. You planted that seed, you son of a gun. Right. Come on. Come on. Just before the medic bank. No. I'm gonna have to hurry. I'm gonna have to pass. Oh, it's a big, big, big band. He went to school, formed a group with Andy Taylor and Nick Rhodes. He left them in 1979. Duran Duran signed to EMI in 1980. Damn. Gutted. One out of three for Mr. Conti so far. Chance for you to get uh, four points for this one, then. Soft Cell, they're best remembered for their worldwide number one hit, Tainted Love, of Mm -hmm. course. But they also had four other top five hits here in the UK in the 80s. Name them. One point for each. 
How many was it? Four. There's four. They had four mm. of the top five hits. Big hits. The days of Pearly Spencer. That was Mark Almond on his own. <laughs> uh, standing at the door of the pink flamingo. Say hello, wave goodbye. That's one. Yep, we'll give you that one. And that's all I've got. That's all you've got? That's all I've got. <gasps> that got to number three in 1982. The follow-up single to Tainted Love was Bed Sitter. Got to number four in 1981. Then in 1982, Torch got to number two. <laughs> and also in 1982, What got to number three. They had five. I told you, top, I, pa- five, I passed. Five, five, you asked me what, I've passed. So that's an extra point. I've, pa- I've passed. Two out of seven on that one. What was the last one then? I've just told you. What? What? What was it? What? The last song. Yeah, what? The last number one. That... What? What was it? What? Oh, what? what? <laughs> See, we got confused. That reminded me of Purple Ray when he says, what's the password? And he goes, the password is what? And he goes, what's the password? He goes, what? What? What is the password? What? He's like, that's what I'm saying. What? what? And it goes on for ages. It's great, great that scene. Yeah. Soft cells. So there you go. Can you remember? Just, just, this isn't part of the quiz. Can you remember the other guy's name? No. No, neither can I, to be honest. <laughs> it was Mark Almond and... I just thought I was stupid. I think it was David Bell or Okay, what have I got? Um, so, so far, you're two out of seven. Two out of Doing seven. well. Jeez. Spandau Ballet, one yep. of the biggest renewed romantic groups of the 80s. They had four top ten albums, ten top ten singles, but can you name the five members of the band? One point for each. Chance for you to get some points here. I love you madly, Tony Hadley. Yep. Ding, ding. Gary Kemp. Yep. Martin Kemp. Yep. Two more to get. That was the, oh the difficult. You know, I, was, I was reading about um, I was reading about Spandau Ballet the other day because I was watching. Remember the Craze movie? Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. The Kemp's. And I had a wee look. Hi again, at home, folks. I'm guessing you got better than two out of seven. No. Is that what? Is that you done? That's me done. Is that you done? Well done, Tony Hadley, vocalist, Gary Kemp, guitarist, uh, play keyboards as well. Martin Kemp, bass player. Bass player. There was Steve Norman. He did the oh. saxophone. Although that was more of a trumpet. And John Keeble was the drummer. So there we go. John yeah. So three extra on there. Three, five. Five out of 12 so five far. Out of a couple 12. more questions to Does go. Does that mean it's how many questions to go? Hey, we've got two more questions All to right, go. Okay. okay. The band Alphaville had a top 10 hit in 1984 with the song Big in Japan. What country were Alphaville from? <laughs> <laughs> There's only a few countries in the world. I'm sure you can get one of them. Alphaville. That's one of my favorite songs. Because Big in Japan tonight. <laughs> big in Japan. That's right. Big in my pan. Oh, big in my Did pan. you just say big in my pants? My pan. No, big in big in Japan. All oh, right, sorry. But that's how sorry. I sing. I, I, that's the way I sing. Where you sing it? Yeah. Big, big in my pan <laughs> tonight. Big in my pan. All right. Is this a Joe Dolce style? Is big it? in my pan. Stop taking the mic out of Joe Dolce. Why? Because I, I don't like that. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Alphaville were. Alphaville were I from. I know this as well. I know this. <sighs> They're not American. Can after us? Nope. They're. Not Canadian. No. They're not Australian. <laughs> You're gonna keep me. No, no, they're not from here. New Zealand. They're no. from Europe, aren't they? They're somewhere in Europe. I can't possibly say. Denmark. His answer's Denmark. It's Germany, I'm afraid. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. It's you said all Europe. Bigger my pen. Five out of thirteen. So here's your last chance. Two more points up for grabs. And we're going to finish with probably the biggest group attached to this genre. One of the biggest groups of the 80s, in fact. Duran Duran. They had 12 top 10 hits in the UK, but only two of those singles got to number one. Can you name Duran Duran's number one singles? There's two. Two from the 80s. Two from the 80s. Well, boys. Is that your answer? Well, it's one of them. 
Is that your answer? Well, boys was number well, one. Well, boys was not number one. Oh, was it not? Jeez. Play your cards. Come on. Come on. Plenty of big hits. Just shut up and let me think. I'm, like, I'm commentating here. It'd be a boring podcast if I just shut up, wouldn't it? Well, I thought Wild Boys was number one. No. I'll take the answer back. <laughs> You're quite I'm just seeing him in a windmill going into the water. Well, boys. Never gave me the boom. Never gave What are you doing? I was doing that. Can you that's, sing that way? Because then people can see how you dodge your voice guns. Well, boy. Came and do me, baby. Came and do me, baby. That's the video. He's like splash. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. Rio. Is he gone with Rio? Is that the one you're sticking with? Are you sticking with that? I'm stuck between Rio and girls and some girls and me. Come on, come on. I've got a. Uh, which, oh, 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 oh. View, a kill was number one. Which one are you going with here? I have to take one. <laughs> you're such a dog. <laughs> Um, I can see the pressure he's starting to sweat now look at this sweat going down not, the ground come on come talking. on we've already had one guess which was incorrect can't give you a wild boys that was only a number two hit come on I need one more from you what are you going to go for View to a Kill was number one Bond theme is that what you're going for I'm going for View to a Kill View to a Kill got to number two in May of 1985 jeez <laughs> oh, no <laughs> they had so many big hits it must have been oh, difficult I know, I know but I just I, I got Rio and girls on film in my head and then oh well, boy I'm sorry five out of fifteen I'll tell you the, the uh, two number one singles they had here in the UK is there something I should know got to number one please please it was a non-album release came out after Rio and before Seven and the Ragged Tiger and their only other number one here in the UK was the reflex. Oh, the reflex. Flip, flip, Oh my God. The band's most successful single, number one over here, of course, and the first single to get to number one in America as well. So there we go, Gino Conti's quiz, New Romantics of the 80s, five out of 15. Did you beat me at home? Probably. I'm guessing so. Although that well, last one was pretty difficult. When you look at some of the other big tunes, I mean, Save a Prey got to number two, Wild Boys, View to Kill got to number two. Top five hits, Girls on Film, Hungry Like the Wolf. They're massive hits, didn't they? Yeah, ordinary world. They're still going strong. I tell you, quite an avid, uh, quite avid tweeters, Duran Duran. Yes, yes, they are. Especially yes. Simon Le Bon. There was did not bring sweeties at one time. Simon <laughs> Le Bon ones. They were quite nice. But um, so thank you very much, Mr. Gino Conti. Hey, that's, that's Thanks it. for having Episode me. Episode seven wrapped up. We'll stick that up on Facebook. The old uh, quiz table at the moment. One quiz, New Romantics, 5 out of 15. Cool. Hope you did better at home. Let us know how you got on. But don't forget, go on to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 80s Rewind again. Keep up to date with what's going on. We'll stick that video up there, that video that we're filming just over there. That video right there. Yeah, you can see us, you can see us. Hold still, hold still. I'll take a picture in a minute. Anytime now, anytime. Has it done it? I think so. Uh, okay. Try to look scary. Oh, it's scaring me. Sorry. So, yeah, we heard from uh, Marty Pello from yep. Wait, 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 and of course, Nick Van Eed from Cutting Crew. Yeah, also on so, the geek with his couple saying he'll be back next month. The geek certainly will be back, and we're going to have to tame him. We'll get him delving into something. Anyway, um, thank you very much to uh, Vinyl Nightclub in Inverness for sponsoring the thank show you, Vinyl. as well. Keeping and it um, is. yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you want us to talk about because we do what you want us to do, basically. Totally. Yeah, we're here for you. We're here to provide you with information on the 80s, a bit of fun about the 80s. So yeah, let us know. Get in touch on the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash 80s rewind again big click on the like follow the Gino Conti and follow 80s Paul on Twitter that's it and uh, we're going to leave off with our new saying what's our new saying? keep it 80s I like it I like it good I don't think we can add anything else to it can we? just no 
Keep it 80s. I just thought keep now. it 80s. Well, it's not just that. Now is past. True. Now is then. Now is now. No, but now, now is now. now. Now is now. Now. On three. That. One, two. Now. No, no, on oh. all three. Three first. What? Three and then now. To be now. You just left a big pause. I thought the three was for us to think. No, because I was just right, about to okay. go. I thought we'd go on the three, right? And then I realised that we didn't. So but you weren't go. keeping the beating time, like one, two, and then you stopped. And I thought maybe you had to count three in your head, subliminal, and then go in. No. Keep it eighties. No. 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 The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk.